If, if you're under 20 years old, do you have any clue what this is? Do you have any clue? This is a GPS. Hey, remember those days? You didn't have your phone. You had to actually buy one of these. This is a this is a Tom Tom. There was Garwin, and I don't know there was there was many other um, uh, companies that made them. So, um, you know, a lot of us here we grew up with the paper maps, right? And having to unfold the paper maps and ha- make sure you got them turned the right way and and uh, have the right city that you're trying to navigate in. And then we got these little fancy things, right? That just send a little signal down from the satellite until you lose the satellite signal, right? <laughs> Anyhow, several years ago, um, um, Esther and I, we were traveling down to New Brunswick. We were going down there to do one of the hockey camps with, uh, with Hockey Ministries International to um, um, do the, the week-long camp there with kids. We've done, we've done many times. But uh, a few years ago, um, and I'm dating myself because we were using one of these, and uh, we decided to take a little bit of extra time, and we are going to do a couple tourism things, right? So we get into New Brunswick, and in Heartland, if you've been there, they've got the longest covered bridge, I think, in North America or in the world or whatever. So, you know, we did that, and we went to the gift shop, and, um, and then we're traveling along, and we see this sign, and it says, Potato World or the Potato Museum, whatever it was called. And we're like, do you want to? Oh, yeah, why not? Let's go see what Potato World's all about. So off, off we go, and, uh, and we, we find the, this little, uh, little shack and all themed the potatoes. You know, I mean, I know PI is the famous potato province, but they grow a lot in New Brunswick also. And then it was like, okay, we're done here, and let's go. And so... Uh, I'm driving, Esther types in, the, uh, in our destination for Moncton, and, we, and I start driving. And I'm like, I don't think this is quite right. And Esther's like, well, b- but I'm looking at this, and this is, this is showing you. I'm like, okay. And we go a little bit further. I'm like, I don't think this is quite right. I, this is not looking right where we're going. And Esther's like, well, but if I'm looking at this and, you know, I think you could zoom it in and, and, and zoom it out. And she's like, it is showing. It seems like the right direction. I'm like, Esther, we're on a dirt road now. now. I don't think we should be going on a dirt road. We should be hitting highway by now. And she's like, well, let me see. I'm like, Esther, we're driving down not just a dirt road, but into a farmer's farm. Like, we're off the road. We're on a farmer's driveway. Like, we've got to stop and recalculate and figure this thing out. Uh, and so here we are lost in, in Florenceville, New Brunswick. But anyhow, uh, we were able to uh, eventually kind of, you know, figure it out, get back on our way, and away we went. And it's interesting in life. I mean, I'm sure almost everybody has a GPS story, how it uh, led you astray, or you know somebody who, who's, uh, who's got those stories. And those are the tough moments in life. Those are the frustrating moments in life. When you're trying to go somewhere, you're trying to go one direction, and you're trying your best, and all of a sudden, you end up somewhere else. And sometimes that's our own fault, our own choices, and sometimes it's somebody else who's misleading you, uh, misguiding you. And 
the worst thing in the world is, it, is when it looks right, it looks proper, and then it ends up to be the wrong way. Let's pray this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful day. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and we are gathered in your house. Lord, may we just calm our hearts, calm our minds, and turn our focus on you. It's already been wonderful here singing songs of praise and glory to you, hearing testimonies of three people of how they have asked you to be their Lord and Savior. And Lord, as so as we open up your word, would you guide us, direct us, and speak to us this morning? Speak to us and teach us what we need to be taught through your word this morning. Amen. Well, we're in the book of James. We're doing a, a series here, as, uh, as many of you know, if you've been uh, uh, with us for the last several weeks, and Brent and, and Pastor Al have been unpacking uh, the first uh, 15 verses so far of James uh, chapter 1. And so if you've got your Bibles this morning, you can turn to that. Or uh, I threw a curveball at Cindy. Cindy's going to try and put the verses up behind me here. I just want to thank Brent and, uh, and Al f- so far. There's been so much knowledge and, and wisdom uh, so far just in these few verses. And I've appreciated uh, what you guys have taught us from the book of James already. And we're going to look at verses 16, 17, and 18 this morning. We're going to continue on here. I was actually uh, joking around with Brent the other day. I've been uh, gone so much. Uh, the success of the Pete's and the playoffs and, and, uh, and the run and the, the time demands and, and series going along. I said, I've been gone so much. I said, I almost feel like I'm a guest speaker coming in here um, because of, uh, of being away, but I'm so happy to be here. What a wonderful um, morning, you know, uh, a baptism morning, a Father's Day celebration morning, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm very happy and privileged to be here this morning opening up God's Word with you on this beautiful day. I'm going to be reading from uh, the NIV. I'm not sure if you have a, a different translation or not. Did anybody open up a, a pew Bible? Do we have a page number? 977 if you want to uh, use a pew Bible and join us in the book of James this morning. <coughs> Let me just read verses 16, 17, and 18 this morning in the book of James chapter 1. We read, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now last week, Pastor Al did a great job of unpacking verses 13 through 15, and I need to review those a little bit as we move forward here with these verses this morning. If you remember, or if you didn't catch that message, there was a couple uh, key things that we need to uh, be reminded of or know from verses 13 and 15. 
13, 14, and 15. First of all, God does not tempt us towards evil. All right? We will have trials. We will have tribulations in our, in our life. But tempting us to do evil does not come from God. That's a foundation of our faith, foundation of our knowledge of God. Anything evil is from Satan. So Satan plus our own sinful nature is what tempts us to do wrong things. Nothing of evil works comes from God. And we need to know that and remember that. And as Al said, Satan is called the father of all lies. And this is a good thing to, re- to, to remember and know and understand. I mean, it all began in the Garden of Eden, Eden with Eve, right? Satan lied to Eve. And he is still lying to me. He's still lying to you here in the year 2023. So, if you think of, of um, these verses, 13 through 18, as a coin, all right? Verses 13 through 15, which Al spoke about last week, is this side of the coin. Verse 16 is the action of flipping the coin. And verses 17 and 18 are the other side of the coin. So these really work together. There's different sides to them, but they all work together. So it's good to unpack them all together and know how they work together. So verse 16 is what's called a transition verse. All right? It's taking us from the, the topic of, uh, of God cannot give us anything evil in 13 through 15 and taking us to another topic. And just a little side note here, as we work through James, anytime you read, like we do in, six, in verse 16, my dear brothers and sisters, know that James is transitioning to different material. He's kind of taking us another step forward to n- newer material. So anytime we read that, and it will pop up several times as we work our way through the book of James. So tuck that away in your memory bank. James says, and, a, and he wrote it, but I think if he said it, he would say, don't be deceived. He would say it with some enthusiasm, with some directness to the people. Or maybe you've got a different translation. Maybe yours reads, don't be misled. Or don't be led astray. Or you could often say, don't get thrown off of course. When you're tempted, notice I didn't say if, but when you're tempted, because we all face temptation on a regular basis. When we are tempted... If we give in, if we allow ourselves to be led astray, led in the wrong direction, off the path of truth, if we believe lies and follow the road of deception, then we end up eventually in a place called sin. It may not put us into sin right away, but it will eventually lead us to sin. And we have to be careful because once you get to the place of sin, 
it's real easy just to hang out and stay in sin town. And so James says, don't. Don't let yourselves be led astray. Don't be deceived. It's a very firm thing coming from him. Oscar Wilde is quoted as saying, I can resist everything but temptation. But then he followed that up with, and the only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. But what does James tell the believers, right? When he says brothers and sisters, he's talking about all the believers, those who ask Christ to be their Lord and Savior. He says, don't be deceived. Don't give in to temptation. Anyone else enjoy the Muppets? I've been a big Muppet fan since I was just a little guy, you know. I'm not sure if you can see. Even got my Muppet socks, you know. Uh, got a couple Muppet t-shirts at home and stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed the Muppets. And there's several Muppet movies, but my favorite is that original Muppet movie. And I don't know if anybody's uh, ever seen it here this morning if you, uh, or, or not. Um, but it'll bring back some memories if, if you do. So, early in the movie, you've got Kermit the Frog and Fozzie the Bear in a car, and they're driving along, all right? Someone's laughing. They remember the scene. That's right. They're driving along. Fozzie's behind the wheel, all right? There's, you know, they've got a song. There's lots of songs in it. They're singing along, and Kermit's got the big fold-out map going. And Kermit says to Fozzie, when you come to a fork in the road, go left. And in Muppet fashion, within seconds, they come to this 20-foot fork stuck in the road. And so Fozzie goes, whoa, and, and, and veers to the left. If only things were that obvious to us, eh, in real life. Only if that fork in the road was so obvious, it'd be very helpful in helping us choose the right way or the wrong way. And it can be if we dig into Scripture, if we draw close to God in prayer, we can make those times of hard decision a lot more obvious like a 20-foot fork stuck in the road. Because life is full of choices, right? You come to forks in the road all the time. Do I go this way or do I go that way? And you've got reasons and understandings to do either way. But what does James emphasize here in verse 16? Brothers and sisters, make sure you know the right path to go down. Don't choose the wrong one. Yogi Berra. Now I'm dating myself. I don't think I ever watched him play ball, but Yogi Berra was known for a lot of one-liners Uh, in his ball career, and some of you may be familiar with his name. He said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Which is what what he's saying is, is you come to a fork in the road, you can't just stop and stay there. You've got to make a decision. And we need to make that wise and godly decision which way we're going. We read earlier a couple passages from Matthew, one from Matthew 6, one from Matthew 7. In Matthew 6, let me sum that up really 
simply and quickly here. Our Heavenly Father, He knows what we need and He has promised to take care of us. And that involves patience, waiting on Him a lot of the times. It's not there right away. In Matthew 7, we read verses 7 through 12. And I would sum that up as, as, as in God gives really good gifts. If you think as an earthly father or if you think of gifts your father gave you or gifts you as a father have given your kids, they pale in comparison to what our great heavenly father is willing to give and is guaranteed to give. So, you're probably wondering what in the world this is. Can you see that? Does anybody want to take a guess? Well, that came off your old van, didn't it? Well, the front came off our old van after it got crashed, and it crashed into one of these. This is one of the guardrail stumps that our son Noah, on a slippery winter day, hit some ice and went off the road and smashed into the guardrails. Unfortunately, that kept them from going into the ditch. And so, with my type of humor, I went back to the accident scene. I grabbed a chunk of one of the uh, guardrails. And then I took this off the van before it went to the wreckers. I screwed it in. And this was Noah's Christmas gift. <laughs> as a reminder. So this sits on Noah's dresser in his room. Even though he's away at Moncton, he still has a room in our house. And that sits on his dresser. He laughed and he laughed. He thought that was great. But what... Why are there guardrails along some of the roads? To keep us on, right? And it's usually along the really dangerous spots, the spots with water or deep slopes down. There's guardrails to keep us on the road. And that's what we need to do in life. Brothers and sisters, we need to put guardrails in place, especially along those roads where we know we are tempted to go off the road and take a fork in another direction. Down those roads of deception. You know what tempts you. You know your weak spot, and so does Satan. So you need to put guardrails in place. Like spending time in the Word. Having somebody who keeps you accountable. There are many different ways to set up guardrails for you individually. And I challenge you, set up those guardrails. Verse 17. James writes to us, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is good. Hold on to that foundation, that key character and He is good all the time, right? He doesn't change. He isn't good sometimes and not other times. God is always good. And so, He can only give good and perfect gifts. He can't give us anything that's evil. And actually, if you, if you look at the Greek, uh, the NIV kind of abbreviates the Greek wording and so, more accurately, if we were going to 
read it in English, it would read, every good giving and every perfect gift comes from God. Every single good thing you receive in life is from God. It can't be from anybody else. Only God is good. Satan, Satan can't give you anything that's good. Do you know what Satan gives you? He gives you a Trojan horse. You know the Trojan horse story, right? The big gift of the big horse with the soldiers inside ready to attack and kill and destroy. Satan gives wolves and sheep clothing. Hungry, vicious wolves dressed up as something innocent and pure but really isn't until those clothes fall off. Again, Satan is the father of all lies. He's not the father who created you. He's not the father who created me. That's God who created us. The good, good Heavenly Father. And James goes on to call him the Father of heavenly lights. To emphasize that God is the creator. He made the light of the day, the sun. He made the light of the night, the moon and the stars. He made it all for us. And because He made that, we know that He is the only true source of light. Satan is darkness and God is pure, good light for all of us. James goes on to say, he doesn't change like shifting shadows, right? God doesn't change. His characteristics are his characteristics. They always have been. They are today. They will be tomorrow. He doesn't change. So if you take a sundial, right? Everybody know what a sundial is, right? And that was for telling time. Well, how did it tell time? Well, as the sun moon, as the, as the earth moved, the sun shone on this and the shadow would move ever so slowly to tell you the time of day. A shifting shadow. That's not how God is. He doesn't change like that. I just, I can't emphasize enough from what James is saying here that we need to stay focused on how good God is and how He is good all the time for all of us. He created us and so He loves us unconditionally. And so His desire is for us to be blessed and maybe not the blessings that we're focused on here, but maybe we should focus more on the blessings in the future. Verse 18 we read, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all He created. Our faithful Father, our Creator, James emphasizes that God chose to give us good gifts. And the best gift of all, the gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent His Son Jesus. 
His one and only Son that we may be born again. A rebirth. And we can do that by accepting the good and perfect gift that God sent His Son Jesus to this earth. And so anybody who believes in what Jesus did, that Jesus was born, He was born of a virgin, He lived a perfect life while on earth, then He was crucified unjustly. And then after three days, He rose again. And then He ascended to heaven and sits at God's right hand. The best gift of all if we choose to accept uh, if we choose to accept it from our good, gracious, loving, heavenly Father. And when James talks about first fruits here, it's not really a, an expression we use much anymore, but it's an agricultural term. It's an agricultural metaphor that he's using here, which denotes that the initial stage of something has started, but that there's more to come. So in harvest time, there was those first fruits. It was that first little bit of harvest from the field or from the trees. And that was just the beginning. That there's more and better harvest to come. And that's the promise that we have. That there's a certain level of goodness that we can have here on earth. But God has promised what? for those who believe in Him and accept His Son, that we will spend all of eternity with our good Father up in heaven. The final good and perfect gift waiting for each and every one of us. GPS. Does anybody know what those three letters stand for? GPS. Global Possessing System. That's right. So let me change it a little bit for you this morning. How about we use God's positioning system? Put guardrails in place and stay on the right road, the road to redemption, the road to goodness and eternity with God our Father. Thank you.